but all starts with your own individual self. If you can't provide for yourself and protect yourself, you know, you're going to be living on the streets, you know, and you've got to learn to be your own personal definition of a good provider and a protector. Now, for me, that means a certain amount of money that comes in on a regular basis. You can provide the necessities, food, water, shelter, a good lifestyle. And then, so I didn't really understand the concept of being a protector until I had to experience it for an experiment with it for a little while. And part of being a good provider is protecting as well. So if you're well off financially, or if you are living in a good place that protects your family, then you're providing and protecting both at the same time. Your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations, your joys and creative spurs, your femininity, your success, all in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. All right, girlfriends, and welcome to another awesome episode of Girl Skill Podcast. For everyone who's joining us, who are new listeners, welcome. And I have to let you know that this is not the usual interview of Girl Skill Podcast. I usually interview women about femininity, womanhood, and female success. But this is a special series where I interview men about masculinity, masculine leadership, and manhood. And so I've had some pretty amazing conversations. And today, conversation is freaking mind-blowing, especially because this man is actually not having his life's work in manhood or, you know, relationships or dating. He's just a regular guy. He has his own business, which is pretty cool. But this is kind of his hobby. He said that if he wouldn't be doing business and what he's doing now, he would probably <laughs> be doing this and the conversation about manhood and creating a business around this subject. So before I tell you about that, a quick reminder for every woman who's looking for a different way, an easier way, a more fulfilling way, who wants to step into her femininity and womanhood, I have a free training where I share my story, everything I've done from, you know, being exhausted, high-powered, hotshot, strong woman that I thought that I needed to be to actually relaxing and surrendering into my feminine flow in life. And so everything transformed from there. I traveled the world as much money as I wanted to. I met the men of my dreams. We got married. I got pregnant. And then now I'm doing what I love without necessarily pushing so hard and freaking struggling like a workhorse. So go to girlskill.com slash webinar and sign up. If you're interested, if you resonate, and that's how you'd get on the mailing list, and I'll send you updates and my writing and stuff like that. All right, let's get into today's episode with Chris Reynolds. And I tell you the story how we met in, in the podcast. So you listen to it. He's a good friend of mine. And I actually didn't know this side of him. So for me, it was quite a revelation. But Chris Reynolds is actually an allocation-dependent entrepreneur. Pretty amazing story. He tells it on the podcast, his story of growing up on a farm and actually studying farming in college, but then eventually you know, uh, going for a master's degree in business and being location dependent for the last eight years. He's currently the founder and host of the businessmethod.com and the Business Method podcast, where he interviewed quite some amazing, amazing high-level entrepreneurs. Like I've just quickly looked at his page and, you know, he's interviewed the founder of, for example, Couchsurfing and some incredible people, you know, investors and the first African-American woman to build a billion-dollar company and the world's most 
successful investors and all that. So if you're interested in business, check it out. Yeah, the founder of GoPro and some high, high level people. So he also is the founder of Get Shit Done Events. And the Business Method podcast, as I told you, features high level entrepreneurs and high caliber people to get behind the minds and the signs of creating business and change. Get Shit Done Events are high performance productivity events for entrepreneurs. So anyways, that's his business background, what he does. But today we talk about one of my favorite subjects, masculinity, manhood, and masculine leadership. Chris answers questions like, what does he find attractive in a woman? Does he find himself successful and why? And also shares with us his story. And I found it amazing how he mentioned that he had good role models growing up and also being in the Boy Scouts uh, that really shaped his ideas of what it means to be a man. And then also some of his most transformative experiences that led him to becoming the man that he is today. We talked about his personal constitution, something that Matthew McConaughey endorses as well. And then we talked about an amazing thing where he said one of his core values as a man is being the protector and the provider. And my heart just melted. I was like, oh, my God. And he says this is what brings him fulfillment. But I also found that it was incredible how Chris doesn't throw his words around like that. He actually tested and experimented with it. And this is how he came into embracing this and embracing being a man and enjoying being a man in his own words. And that actually brings him fulfillment, something that I've done on my side with femininity and womanhood. So it was an incredible conversation. You know, we talk about his core values, what is masculine leadership. We get a little bit into the conversation of boundaries, like how do men know the boundaries of women? and how we grow up and, I mean, we educate our boys and girls in terms of, you know, sexual or dating interactions. Uh, he shares with us his biggest fear, his challenge, his message to women, and stay until the end, of course, because he'll share with us one amazing woman who all of us need to follow, who knows so much about men specifically and who he transformed his way, his view on masculinity and one amazing book that is also so, so great. All right, enjoy the episode and I'll see you at the end. Girl Skill, female success redefined. All right, Girl Skill listeners, today we have another amazing man on the show and this happens to be Chris Reynolds all the way from Lisbon. Hi, Chris. Welcome to Girl Skill. Hi, Anna. I'm excited to be here and let's make a great podcast. We shall do it. And you're a podcaster yourself, so I have no doubt it's going to be a great conversation. But first, Chris, I want to tell listeners why you're here. So in the location-dependent entrepreneur community that we are both part of, and you know, me and you have hang out a lot of the times around the world, I think. Yeah. Definitely in Barcelona, but I think in many other places. And, you know, I've put up a post in that community where I said calling men to talk about masculinity and manhood. And so you replied and said, you know, this is a fun, uh, what did you say, a hobby subject for me to talk about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think if I wasn't in the space that I was, that men and masculinity would be another another area I would examine to be an entrepreneur in. Oh, wow. Awesome. Well, tell me first, um, before we begin the whole thing. Why did you feel called to participate and to, to be here with me today? I think a lot about men and our tribes and the way we operate. And I really enjoy being a part of man tribes. I also enjoy, you know, of course, being a part of co-ed tribes as well. But there's something that's really hits home to me and hits my, I guess you could say, heartstrings when it comes to being a man and understanding manhood, especially in today's world. And uh, when I get around a group of guys, you know, whether it's 
back in the States on a farm, just hanging out, talking about entrepreneurship, traveling the world, you know, riding motorcycles in Thailand. It's just like, there's this essence to it, like the brotherhood in it. And it feels like you've got your tribe and you're limitless, like you're almost immortal. And it feels really damn good. And so I don't know, I just love it and I enjoy it. But also I know how important it is in today's world to be a man and be open and vulnerable. That's where growth comes from, right? And then respecting, of course, our ladies, like the women that are out there too, because if we're going to be harmonious men and we're going to live harmonious lives, we need to do our best to understand what the opposite sex is going through as much as possible. And that's not always easy. Sometimes that's the hardest fight that we could ever fight. So when you put the post up on, I was like, yes, I want to talk about this. I talk about it a lot with guys, sometimes with ladies, but I enjoy talking about it and want to talk about more. So that's why. Hmm. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming to the show. And I know this is not related to your business or anything that you're doing, but I really appreciate that you're willing to share and spread the word and tell us who you are and what you think about, you know, and a personal subject, honestly. And I know a lot of men wouldn't do it. So I really appreciate you being vulnerable, open and courageous <laughs> <laughs> in a masculine way. So Chris, let's start first with uh, a few questions and then you'll tell us a bit more of who you are and what you do. So okay. Chris, my first question is, what do you find attractive in a woman? That's a great question. And I've examined this a lot. And I find intelligence, patience, so ethics or classiness, somebody that takes care of themselves, somebody who's not afraid to go after their dreams or slash entrepreneurial, somebody who is well balanced in their lives, somebody who can see the bigger picture of life. And it's really not too far off from what I see attractive in men, too. But also, they need a, a unique combination of that with the feminine aspects of life as well. And, you know, somebody that can really see the bigger picture and not be reactional, but think about what is going to be the most important action that could cause a ripple effect. And if I see that in a woman, for me, that's highly attractive. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by feminine aspects? Well, of course, like, you know, any guy loves a woman to, to be beautiful and to look nice. Now, they don't always have to like do the hair and do the clothes and stuff. Sometimes you can be in pajamas and, and be beautiful. But I think that that means really deep down inside a woman that's in touch with her spirituality, in touch with her emotions, that is not afraid to be a woman and not afraid to be herself. Okay. All right. I got it. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next question is, do you, do you consider yourself successful and why? I do. Yeah. And because I measure success mainly based on the relationships and the lifestyle that I have. Because without it, uh, the money would not be nearly as important. So, I have the most amazing friends in the world, I think, like yourself, and I surround myself with people that just make me come alive, and I have a good relationship with my family, and that's the key definition of success, I think so, because when we all die, 
the things that we're going to be thinking about is how the type of life that we lived, right? We're not going to be thinking about how much money we made or, you know, starting another business or traveling to another country. What we're going to be thinking about is how the quality of relationships that we had and how we treated the people that are most important in our life. And so with that, between a combination of that and then having liberty or freedom in my life, which is a high value for me, I've got an extremely successful life and that makes me really happy. Awesome. And Chris, what is your purpose? Mm. Great question. (laughs) So my purpose is to be a man of liberty and to help others find liberty in their own lives or freedom, mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and to be an entrepreneur and to grow business and to be around other people and help them grow their businesses as well. Uh, My purpose is to eventually start a family and to raise a family the best I can, and to enjoy this world as much as possible the time that I have on it, and to embrace every culture, uh, every experience, and as much as possible, and to do that with others enjoying life as well. Mm, Beautiful. And so after these eloquent replies, Chris, please uh, (laughs) introduce yourself to us. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. My name is Chris Reynolds. I'm the founder of the Business Method Podcast. And under the brand of the podcast, we do events and services that help entrepreneurs grow their businesses. And we focus on high performance and productivity and goal setting. So we do one-on-one coaching for entrepreneurs. We have courses for entrepreneurs. We have productivity courses for entrepreneurs. We have an event called Get Shit Done Live in Thailand every year. (laughs) It's a 10-day productivity retreat for entrepreneurs. And we all come together and we work really hard to grow our businesses and and do it rapidly. Mm, Love it. Awesome. And you're currently in Lisbon and you've been location dependent for quite a while, I suppose. Eight years. Wow. So tell us a little bit, uh, just uh, if we could spend a minute or two about your story in a nutshell. Well, if you can put it in a nutshell, I guess. But so the, the listeners, the female listeners that we have can understand a bit of your background too. Yeah. So I grew up in the middle of America in Missouri, and I grew up in a father who's a construction worker and a mother who was a secretary and and did some HR work growing up as well. And her family were all farmers. And I think that's where I have like, I think it's nine aunts and uncles on her side that were my core family growing up. So we had a really big family, lots of cousins, and we were always going up to visit them. And I was always hanging out on my uncle's farm and my mom's brother. And I think that's where my lessons of manhood really started. And also in combination of that in Boy Scouts. And so in Boy Scouts, we would learn to hunt and fish and shoot guns and throw axes and carve and do all these things in Boy Scouts. So I had a lot of time around a lot of really awesome men growing up, these amazing farmers that would work from dusk to dawn, trying to make ends meet for their family and to be really good human beings while barely getting by. And that was amazing to see. They were amazing role models. And then these leaders in Boy Scouts that were there unselfishly for their sons to help them become better men as well. In the U.S., Boy Scouts kind of has a People think nerdy people are in Boy Scouts, but our troop was really well put together. And so I think I wouldn't have stayed in so long if I didn't have that structure. 
I learned how to kind of live off the land and learn how to camp. And, and we would go camping every month. And my dad was always taking off work. And he was a great role model to come to scout camp. And later on, he even got laid off a few times because it was his only trip he would take every year. He would take off work just to come to scout camp with his son. And so that was also like all of this kind of showed me the importance of being a good man, but also teaching younger men and boys to be good humans as well. And so I got a lot of that, a lot of time around these really well-balanced, good human beings and good men. And I think it just kind of catapulted me into this, like I said, hobby of understanding manhood and the importance of it and being good men. And I went on to college. I actually studied agriculture as my undergrad. Oh, wow. I didn't know that, Chris. Wow. (laughs) I wanted to be a farmer growing up. From agriculture to like online entrepreneurship. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? And yeah, so uh, I wanted to be a farmer growing up. But after four years in college, I wanted to continue my education and went to grad school and got a, a general master's in business. And when I got that, the master's in business, it opened my eyes to a whole new world that I'd never seen before. And then eventually got into online entrepreneurship later down the road after a few years, kind of trying to start my own thing. But um, yeah, so eight years ago, then I bought a one-way ticket and moved to Costa Rica and yeah, continued to travel the world and grow business and, and eventually moving to Barcelona. And I started some business accelerators for entrepreneurs to grow their businesses together. And for me, that's what shot off my direction and in, in helping other people build business and travel in the world at the same time. Awesome. Well, that's a story in a nutshell. Awesome. Thank you. I tried to keep that as brief as possible. Great. Thank you. So related to what you shared with us, and I love that story with farmers and, you know, good role models and Boy Scouts, I have, I guess, a question that relates to that. So what is a transformative experience that shaped you as a man? There's a couple that I that come to mind immediately. One I mentioned earlier, when my dad would sacrifice getting laid off from his job to come to Boy Scout camp, it meant a lot to me. Yeah, I'm sure he knew the importance of it, but it really taught me like, you know, the importance of being a good father. I'm not a father yet, just so everybody knows, but I want to be someday. And also I took this uh, men's leadership seminar in 2007 on a ranch in Northern California. And they talked a lot about defining, creating a constitution for yourself as a man, creating core values as your own core values as a man, and also working together as men and, and understanding each other uh, as men and how we operate, but uh, the importance of you know respecting females as well. And so it was 10 days on a ranch and that really, really set a thick foundation of who I was going to be. And since that, I never questioned my ethics. You know, I never challenged the importance of doing something that was against my core values. And it has really kind of helped me lay a good foundation. And one of the reasons I think that a lot of guys follow me or look up to me in some ways, because they're looking for something like that in their lives. And I heard it the other day, I understood the concepts and why they work so well. But Matthew McConaughey was on a, a video on an interview, and he was talking about the importance for a man or any person really to have a constitution for themselves. Mm -hmm. And when they do that, they know their boundaries. They know what's important. They know how to create win-win situations, no matter in what situation. They know what they'll defend, what they'll die for, what they'll protect. And and they know this whole grasp. 
And back in the day, in tribal days, we had this, you know, because people lived in small tribes and they traveled together. They knew the importance of their tribe. They knew their boundaries. They knew what they stood for and they knew what they had to do to protect the tribe. And we don't have this so much because we live in a, a massive society, global society today. Um, but going back to that as a man, like there's two very important core concepts for a man. It's being a provider and a protector. And when you understand that, you can, and you work on being a better provider and a better protector. A sense, for me anyway, a sense of fulfillment would come into my life. And I would know that I have these roots planted as being a solid provider and protector. And if anything gets messed up in the external world, my internal world is set solid in this foundation. Wow, Chris, you've just said something that goes against the grain of uh, mass media and mass whatever is going on. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, you're the third guy I'm talking to. Like, you know, these concepts of being protector and the provider are being shaken today and are under massive attack, I think, yeah. for men. So I'm curious. So you're saying it and, and I'm completely on board. You know, when you're telling this, this is like music to my ears. And I think the, <laughs> and I track. So my message is all about that, about creating the polarity, about letting men be men, letting women be women. We all have our place. Um, yeah. And so when we play our roles, everything is harmonious. This is what makes us fulfilled as men and as women. And there is a difference. So I advocate for this. But obviously, like... I'm the minority in the whole feminist movement and everything. And the, the listeners understand this. So when we hear a man talking that the two most important thing in my manhood, my constitution, being the protector and the provider, I'm like, oh, my God, these men exist. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to talk to men, Chris, because, you know, string is like that. And I know that yeah. there are many, many men out there who are good men like yourself and other men. And I want to. I want to talk to these men and bring these men to light and say, we need you. We need your manhood. We need you to be <laughs> our protectors and providers because not only that makes me feel safe, secure, understood, but it also turns me on, <laughs> you know, on many different levels. Uh -huh. So tell me a little bit more about this. So one of the challenges that when we're talking about this is, you know, there's this whole idea today that men are, you know, all of the masks. So they say, you know, boys grow up with being told. So this whole idea of gender is a social construct, which I don't agree with. I think it's nature plus nurture. But I'm curious, mm -hmm. have you thought about this? Like, do you think that you have been told you need to be a protector and a provider? You need to be a man. And so today, you know, all of this is being blurred. All of this, I see that the message to men today is like, be as vulnerable as possible, embrace your emotions. And all of this is bullshit about masculinity and about being protector and provider. We're in a different times. So I'm curious, what do you think about all that? How does that fulfill you being the protector and provider? Yeah, it's open to definition because the world is different today. And I do think it's important that we are vulnerable and that we embrace our emotions. And if you look at the human say we have four parts of us, uh, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. Men are generally more physical and mental. And, and this is a big generalization, but we'll just put it in a, a bucket here. And women are generally more emotional, spiritual, and that's okay. If men can examine their emotional and spiritual side more often, we get growth, but we also get a stronger man because he's understanding the more sensitive side of himself. So I learned first about being a good provider and protector from 
a woman who actually she's been studying men for 20 years and she did it because she couldn't figure out men and she speaks now about manhood and more often than not when she speaks a lot of the men in the crowd start to cry because she understands men more than they understand themselves who is that woman Alison Armstrong that's Alison Armstrong okay, yeah. yeah 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 and so she started talking about this i heard her speak like 12 years ago and i thought you know i understand me being a provider and protector and the importance of it because I tested it out and it worked. And I realized she mentioned that and I tried it out. I said, okay, if I work on becoming a better provider and a better protector, how will I feel as a man? And so this is something that I've worked on over the past 12 years since I've heard her speak. And so in doing that, like the fulfillment in my life rises, but I get this sense of being really comfortable in my own skin. Being comfortable and being a man and enjoying being a man. Now, yeah, the world is throwing a lot of messages out there and it's confusing a lot of people that don't have a solid foundation and that's okay. I think like people are just getting so worked up about an issue and we need to learn to be more acceptable about things. If a little boy wants to wear dresses, for God's sake, let the little boy wear dresses. Okay, I was insecure about wearing pink growing up. And now I wear pink, you know, every now and then. I don't wear it every day, but I wear it every now and then and I enjoy the color pink. And so these, these, and also like growing up in Missouri too, there was a lot of boundaries about um, either, my dad never, uh, I think he hugged me, but generally he never said, I love you. He would like, we would just punch each other in the shoulder. And that was, I, I love you for me and dad. And so as I grew up, I just started saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. And eventually he started saying it back. And now we hug each other and everything. But, you know, different cultures embrace manhood so differently. Like in Brazil, it's not too uncommon for men to kiss each other. In Italy as well, becoming less now for Italy. <laughs> but, you know, you see a father kiss a son on the lips in some cultures and they'll freak out. But if they do that in other cultures, you know, that's just showing your son love. And I think it's important that, w that we accept and listen to each other. That is much more important than than judging and saying your way is right and wrong because there's no way of understanding another human's experience unless you sit and you listen with them and you really listen to what they're saying. And so there's people saying out there that, you know, it's not okay to be gay, it's not okay to be transgender, it's not okay to be a woman to be masculine. It's not okay for all of this. What's most important is that we just kind of zip our mouths and really try to listen to that person and understand what they're going through. And that's a part of men and anybody embracing their emotional side. And when we do that, we can connect with that person and their experience and feel what they feel. And then if we can understand that, we actually become better men and women ourselves because we're stepping into another human's shoes. And so I don't get wrapped up in the whole, you know, they should do this and, you know, feminists should look like this and men should look like this. And I'm just like, what's important for me is the conversations that we have together every single day and not to judge other people's experiences, but to listen to their experience and try to understand. Mm -hmm, great. And Chris, what is, so like in practical terms, I want to understand, what does being a provider and a protector mean for you? Is this in relation to your woman or the world or how does that work? Yeah, first and foremost is personal relationships and family, of course. 
But also, it all starts with your own individual self. If you can't provide for yourself and protect yourself, you know, you're going to be living on the streets, you know. So it starts with yourself and you've got to learn to be your own personal definition of a good provider and a protector. Now, for me, that means a certain amount of money that comes in on a regular basis. You can provide the necessities, food, water, shelter, a good lifestyle. And then so I didn't really understand the concept of being a protector until I had to experience it for an experiment with it for a little while. And one of the things, you know, you think like, well, how can we be a protector? Part of being a good provider is protecting as well. So if you're well off financially, or if you are living in a good place that protects your family, then you're providing and protecting both at the same time. So I started exploring the idea of being a good protector and it's kind of little things. And so when I would go on a date with my now girlfriend, one of the things that I would do is I would, if we were walking on the sidewalk, I would hold her hand, which that makes her feel a little bit more protected. But also I would walk in between um, (laughs) the street and her. So for whatever, and I would just naturally walk there. And for whatever reason, that would make her feel protected as well. Little things like holding her hand as she goes down the steps, uh, things that um, really make her feel in a safe space. And so the other thing that I really examined as a man is I started doing martial arts and specifically Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I was back and forth on this for a long time because I never thought of myself as a martial art guy or a violent guy. Actually, I believe, you know, much more in peace than I do violence. That's always a last result, even if it's a result at all. But when I started doing jujitsu, something came alive in me. It just sparked a really natural I don't know if you like when you're in a jujitsu academy or a gym, you're like in a the essence of a man cave. These are when <laughs> where it's so true because these are where men are learning to become warriors. Yeah. And now we don't need to use that for violence because what's much more important in martial arts is the mentality that mm-hmm. comes out of that. And I would argue that people that are practicing martial arts are doing much of a better job of controlling violence in the world than spreading it. And so just something about being in a jujitsu gym and learning to protect a person, it makes me comfortable in my skin. And I didn't understand that beforehand because I thought, well, that's just a violent sport and you're spreading more violence in the world. And and when when I stepped into, you know, the martial arts shoes and started to really understand it, then I started to really understand how I could play and a role in it and how it's important for me. So actually you know, I've done jujitsu with your husband, String. <laughs> yeah, in Brazil, I believe, right? In Brazil, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and it was a great time. It, it's a fabulous way for men to bond. One thing also that happens in jujitsu or a lot of martial arts is physical touch. And most men lack physical touch, especially in North America. It's extremely lacking for men, for everybody really, but especially for men. So you get to do the things you get to roll on a mat and basically wrestle you got to cuddle with other men on a, yeah. on a mat right <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> and and that what happens in that process is is our body is releasing all these really healthy neurochemicals that makes us feel bonded and it's exactly why little boys and little children wrestle it's why puppy dogs wrestle like kittens and small animals wrestle and cuddle and roll around on the ground together. And this is what we're doing in jiu-jitsu. It's the same thing. Plus, on top of that, we're learning a really cool skill to protect uh, ourselves or our families or our women or our friends or whomever. 
And so when I traveled the world, another reason I wanted to get in jujitsu is because my girlfriend and I, we were walking through uh, Marrakesh in Morocco one time oh, and God. we got lost in the old Medina in the middle. It's like 1 a.m. And both of us were scared shitless. And I was like, <laughs> I was just trying to, you know, keep my composure, but it felt like people were following us and it took us forever to find our hotel. And finally, when we got back, Marcelle said, she, she goes, you know, you're my Superman. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? You know, I was scared shitless too. She didn't know that. I wasn't mm-hmm. expressing that. But there's a sense there that I think women really appreciate the women that I know I've talked to and worked with. They really appreciate men when they can step into that role and not have it have to be threatening for either gender. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And you own this so well and in a profound, sincere way. And when you're talking about being a protector and the provider, I don't know if women would, you know, because they say, oh, you know, masculine, feminine, whatever, it doesn't mean anything, you know, but I don't think women could talk about being a provider. I don't think they would want to be a protector or a provider. I'm, I'm generalizing, of course, some women would, yeah. but majority wouldn't want to, you know, uh, be the protector and the provider in the way that you talk about it as a man and be fulfilled by it. Like, I'm definitely not like, I don't want to do this, you know, I want my man to, <laughs> to play these roles. And that's why... Uh, the conversation we're having is so important. So thanks for sharing that with us. I'm like, Chris, we're going to do a podcast together to like talk about this and bring this message to the world. It's amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. So in this whole context, uh, let's talk about masculinity. So what is masculinity to you? Besides, let's say, well, is that it being a projector and a provider or is there something else that you'd like to add? Yeah, I I think, that's important, but it's not limited to that because I think each individual, each man or boy out there really needs to know how to define that for themselves because that's most important. If you want to be comfortable in your skin, no matter what gender you are, um, you've got to define your own important core values, right? And so for me, it is enjoying, like the simplest way I could put it is enjoying being a man and not having insecurities around that. And knowing that if anything comes up that could not threaten that or challenge that or whatever that may look like, I'm still comfortable and also flexible enough to understand that it's okay to be a man, it's okay to be masculine, it's okay to want the needs and the desires and and the dreams that ma- it comes with masculinity. And I grew up in the 90s as well, the 80s and 90s. And so that was the time when when masculinity started to really become challenged mm-hmm. because there is that thing that's called toxic masculinity. It's out there, you know, but there's also the thing of toxic femininity as well. And so I questioned this as a young boy, even though I had these great role models, I was like, you know, is it okay to hug my friends? Is it okay to tell my friends that I love you? Is it okay to, you know, where's the limit? If I do something and somebody calls me gay because I did it, does that mean anything about me? Should I stop that action because of that? Um, should I not like gay people because it threatens other people's masculinity or what people see of me? Should I you know, make fun of um, the difference between men and women because other people think it's more manly? You know, the, the old term is be a man. Don't be a sissy, be a man. And it's like, okay, what is that? And so as we grow and as we listen, so there's uh, in the Mormon, I used to have some business partners that are come from the Mormon church. And one thing, you know, there's a lot of scrutiny around that too, but one <laughs> thing they do really well 
is that every Sunday when they go to their temple, they separate the men and the women and they talk about how for an hour and they talk about how to be good men and women. And that is something that's really kind of lost in our society. We le- maybe learn that from our fathers or the male role models or the women in our life. But then if we don't have good examples or good role models, where does a young boy or girl actually find that? So to sum it all up, it's like to enjoy being a man and not be threatened by anything because you are a man. And that's how I would define masculinity. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean, enjoy being a man? Like enjoying, yeah. well, as you said, you know, enjoying being protector and the provider, doing jujitsu. Because I know, I know what you mean, because I keep thinking about this with, with everything that's going on, you know, Me Too movement and all of the issues that we're dealing with. Women are on the rise, so to say, you know, voicing out, opening businesses, all of that. I'm feeling like men are confused. And I know, yeah. uh, and I've heard so many men talk about this thing, you know, a college boy doesn't want to invite a girl anymore on a date. You know, there's a lot of questions. Is this allowed? Is this allowed? Does he now ask questions every single time he wants to kiss her, you know? He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be as seen as, as you know, so many cases of him being the perpetrator or, oh God, you know, no, a rapist or whatever. So, a lot of these subjects, like masculinity is in a crisis. And so when you say enjoy being a man, where is that line, Chris? (laughs) You know, like where is that moral code? And I think that's one of the biggest questions that all men deal with today. Like, how do you know and how do you walk that line? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, (laughs) because that could be taken out of context for sure. And so for me, it goes back. Enjoying being a man is almost, it's experiential, you know, so it's hard to define in many ways. But I'll go back to the idea of me. So one of my favorite things to do is being around a bunch of guys and taking motorcycles through like Thailand or Brazil or whatever, right? And then I feel like limitless with my man tribe. Now that can be taken out of contents. Enjoy being a man because it means you just want to like take advantage of the girls, and kiss whoever you want. And the important part of that is, is also being a good human. And respecting everybody's uh, boundaries and trying to understand. When we try to understand our own emotional and spiritual sides as men, that helps us step into the reality of women as well. And so it's never okay to do anything without consent. And, you know, I always work in business and life to create win win situations. And so if somebody comes to me and says, Chris, I want you to do this, I'll pay you a lot of money. And if it's not a win-win situation, if it's a lose-win situation, like I won't do it. And it goes the same thing with being a man when engaging with females or whomever. If there's no consent there, then it's not okay. You can't just be like a wild pack of dogs and and go and ravage the, the world. <laughs> but, and so, uh-huh. Well, let me interrupt yeah. you there for a second. So let's talk about yeah. this specific situation. So, you know, I imagine myself, me and String, and String has, why we are together to this day is because he has uh-huh. claimed me as his woman multiple times. Uh-huh you know, in, let's say, a spiritual and mental form, but also in a physical form. So, for example, 
and I know a lot of women would agree with me, like we like to be, well, I would say thrown around, but <laughs> we like yeah. to be taken. You know, this whole idea of polarity is always at play. We are attracted to guys who can take us and ravish us and literally obviously penetrate us. And so, you know, it's this whole thing, like I don't imagine a situation I wouldn't be attracted to a guy who would ask me constantly every single time, can I touch you here? Can I take your hand? Can I, you know, kiss your neck? Like, I don't want this. I want you to know yeah. what to do with me, especially in bed. And so, like, that's why I'm asking this question. Wh where is the line? And the guys are confused, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I can't imagine being a man. Like, what do you do? Because you don't want to be that guy who always is, like, asking for permission, always. Yeah. But you also Absolutely. don't want to be the guy who oversteps boundaries. So, like, yeah. how do men deal with this? I don't know if you talk about this with other guys. <laughs> Where's no, the no. line? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, so let me ask you this. If you told String no, would he respect that boundary? Oh, yeah, he would. Yes. Yeah. But he would, I think, try first. And if I said no, then he would back off, you know, or yes. something like that. So that's, I think, a good starting point for the conversation mm. because, yes, a guy doesn't really even want to ask all the time because that's kind of annoying. And females don't want that as well. And so I think when, as soon as the word no comes up, then yes, that's a boundary. And if, when you realize that boundary is there, like you've got to stop. But I think too, like sometimes there's a lot of women that are afraid to say no. Yeah. And yeah, that's even a conversation that can go down a big rabbit hole as well. <laughs> But like for me, and when, when growing up and being a boy uh, and becoming a man and dating girls and dating women, you can tell when they're not comfortable. Yeah, And really, this is a mm -hmm. practice of just understanding a bit more. And when they're not, when the other person in, in the interaction is not comfortable, then you've got to back off, right? If they're not okay, if they're afraid to say no, if the words no haven't came up and the person clearly is not comfortable, like you've got to back off. And it's the same, like same as business, the same as any, any area of your life. Like if somebody is starting to feel uncomfortable and you can sense that you've got to, mm -hmm. you've got to hold, hold off. Yeah. You mentioned something important and that's why I think it's a conversation between both men and women to have. I don't think it's all on men uh, as is portrayed today and portraying women as victims all the time. Of course, there are situations like this, but Here's what I see from our conversation. It's like the man is going to go for it. That's attractive to us. Like I have mm -hmm. no reservation in saying that. Like that's attractive. When he claims me as his woman, that's attractive. But it's up to me to know and own my boundaries and to know what's okay here or not. And I wrote an article about this, how actually mostly women set up standards for men. Women show men what is allowed or not, how he talks to you, how he behaves around you. Like that's, well, not all on us, like we both own it, but it's like we're constantly testing each other's boundaries. So it's a lot of the time it's on women to know where is that no. And when it comes up to that, the guy has to back off. So yeah, that's kind of the interaction. And I think one also important thing, Chris, I think it also in the same way, curious what you think about this in the same way that men feel as you say you can tell by body language by how she behaves you know by what she says in the same way women can tell the intention behind a man's action because the intention is what's important you know i can feel yeah. when a man is there to i don't know take advantage of me although i didn't 
Well, maybe. Anyways, let's a different. Me too, Chris. <laughs> me too. <laughs> you know, but do you find does that make sense? Do, do you resonate with that? With the intention behind everything? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there are these confusing messages that are coming up mm. for both sexes a lot. And this is also why it's very important for the men out there to have these conversations with the younger men and the boys in our lives, because nobody had conversations like this about sex with me growing up. Nobody, I heard it from either the boys my age or the boys a few years older than me. And I didn't know there was boundaries. I didn't know what it was like. So what's happening with a lot of men has happened forever, for since the beginning of time, is men and boys are recognized and respected in their male groups by the amount of women that they can attract and they can hook mm -hmm. up with. And so what happens when a boy goes out there and then is a bit pushy with a woman or doesn't hear the words no, but knows she's not comfortable, but still wants to finish, uh, do whatever, like finish the interaction, the sexual engagement, whether it's kissing or sex or just foreplay or whatever. Uh, he then goes back to his man tribe, his boy tribe, and he says, I hooked up with this girl. And then he's immediately respected. But however, it leaves the woman with a very bad, probably the boy with a bad uh, emotional experience, but he's just not showing it. And then the, the, the female with a very bad emotional experience and, and physical experience as well. And so if we're not having conversations with our men, young men and boys that, that are like this, that when the word no, or you can sense that a woman's uncomfortable, then you stop immediately. And that there's no question about it. You stop immediately when you can sense that it's not consent on both parts. And so that actually, that culture, that man culture from boyhood goes through a lot of men's entire lives, which is why you see these guys that just want to hook up and go and have sex with as many women as possible uh, because they're still being recognized by their, their little man tribe um, and as being um, the king man. You know, and and this is the the almost exact same behavior that if you, I think it's Rwandi when uh, there's a genocide in Rwandi, I believe in the 90s, and don't quote me on that, but it's sometime around there. And what men would do is they would go and they would rape and they would kill. You know, they would just go and rape and kill and go and rape and kill people from the other tribe. I think it was. I don't know the names of the tribe, but it's like Sunni tribe and and Sony tribe or something like that. And this is what happens when there's uncontrollable consent and uncontrollable actions and just animalistic actions and people just acting like a pack of wild dogs. And so then the strongest man and the man that had the most women and that could kill the most people was recognized as the leader because everybody really feared him. And so that is still ingrained in our culture today when a boy hooks up with more girls than the, his friends, he is recognized as the king or the leader or the champion. And the women choose him as well because he's yes. not only recognized around men, but also around women, he's popular. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. Yes, because he's not afraid. Mm -hmm. He's generally physically stronger. He's not afraid to have the interactions as women as much. And so if we don't have these conversations with both, you know, our, our boys and our girls, our girls yeah. then we're not going to know this. And that 
toxicity uh, of culture, that part of our culture that's still ingrained in it in humanity will continue mm. on and on and on and on. Yeah. Well, well, the conclusion I got from this conversation, which I'm grateful for, is that it's on both of us as fathers and mothers, especially, you know, parenthood has changed. Well, not everything, but so many things for me. And I, I think about these subjects a lot now that I have a daughter. So I know that on, on our side as parents of a girl, it's our responsibility to talk to her and teach her boundaries, knowing that men would come, you know, men would line yeah. up. But then if and when we have a son and then whoever has a son, it's up to them as parents. And, and you know, it relates to all the role models and the community and everyone to also teach men to behave properly and to respect boundaries while still as you said, enjoying their masculinity and being a man, just as we would yeah. enjoy being women. And so I think yes. that is very harmonious in terms of how we build relationship, communities, and the world together. Because I don't think, Chris, the future is female. I think that the future <laughs> is female and masculine and male. You know, we do it together. Yeah. So, Chris, we unfortunately going to finish up soon, but I want to ask you two last questions. One is yeah. about masculine leadership, and that relates to everything we talked about. So what is masculine leadership? Have you thought about this? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll go back to uh, what we were talking about before. For me, being comfortable in my own skin as a man, knowing my values as a man, knowing my constitution as a man, knowing how the borders of what I can do as a man, the, the boundaries that I give myself that I'm comfortable with, and then not being afraid to express that in my man and woman tribes. So um, when I'm having conversations with friends and they're stuck between um, starting a relationship or challenged with going and, and dating more, or they're challenged with their own emotional issues, or they're challenged with masturbation or, or sex addiction or whatever, leading the example of understanding uh, what they're going through, but also having my own boundaries of what's working and what's not working. I was having a conversation with a friend just recently. And um, a lot of people in the the nomad world, the location independent world, like it or not, go around and they want to date girls all around the world. And sometimes they just get addicted to it and it becomes an unhealthy habit. And we were talking about how this can really turn into a very unhealthy habit for people if they're going and doing this. And, and you can see that by their actions and behaviors by the habits that they're creating for themselves. And so being able, being a man and, and being a leader and being able to have those conversations because I've tested it myself, experienced with my own masculinity, understand what is key and important for me. And then being open to having conversations like this, Anna, like the guys that are, that are gonna come on the podcast and that can really open up about what we struggle with and what's challenging for us emotionally and what, you know, we have different, natural thoughts and, and behaviors because we're men compared to women. And so un being able to be open and vulnerable again, and then just asking these questions so we can understand each other a little bit more and not get, get wrapped up into the toxic conversations that end up hurting us instead of having constructive conversations. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. And Chris, what's your biggest fear? Good question. A half-lived life mm. is my biggest fear. And um, I took that from Laird Hamilton, who's a big wave surfer. Yeah, I have yeah. listened to his wife's interview on Joe Rogan, and then I've checked him out as well. 
Yeah, yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. And so um, when he said that, I said, that's exactly that's my it. biggest fear too. <laughs> but it really is. Yeah, I, I'm curious now that we're talking about vulnerabilities. Uh, what is the current challenge? What is your biggest challenge that you face right now at the moment? Is there anything you'd like to share? Yeah, I'm still challenged continually with opening up and telling all my emotions to my girlfriend. And I'm really good at doing it with friends like this uh, here on the podcast. No problem at all. I'm really good (laughs) at doing it with other female like yourself or other guy friends or family. But because I have this male thing that makes me not want to appear vulnerable, whether it came from society or nature, not 100% sure on both. It's probably a combination. But sometimes it's just hard to open up and just share my uh, 100% authentic emotions uh, with my girlfriend. And so that's something that I'm just continually working with, talking to other people about, um, talking to other ladies about, understand, talking to her about, of course, and understanding how I can be better at that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually, this is the thing exactly what I thought this past two days, because, you know, String, and he's very similar to you, and we have this dynamic, you know, he's the protector, the provider, and all of that, which I find is, you know, this polarity in our marriage. This is why our relationship works. But, like, it's a tough one, right? So as his woman, and I imagine, I don't know what your girlfriend says about this, I'd be curious to know. Like, I understand the importance of embracing your emotions and showing vulnerability to everyone, you know, as you said, on the podcast with other people and your girlfriend. But I also, I don't want to see him. (laughs) And I don't know, this is weird (laughs) to say, right? But I don't want to see him losing his shit completely because if he loses his shit... then it's over for me. Then I lose hope because he's my, I don't want to say he's my rock, but he really grounds me. You know, I feel like as feminine essence women, like my head Uh is spinning and I think about tons of different things and let's do this and that. And oh my God, I get worried about a hundred different things. And then he comes in and it's like, it's like presence. It's like he's the mountain. He's He just looks at me, you know, he can crack a joke. He just hugs me and it's all good again. And so... Uh-huh. I don't know if I <laughs> like I want him to like yesterday we had a we had a moment and he, I could see he was frustrated or whatever but we didn't talk about this and then suddenly I don't know where it came from we were just like giving you know giving a shower to the baby he said I'm just frustrated because and I'm like oh. Oh my God, he just expressed his feeling, you know, which he doesn't do much around me. I don't know if he does it with other, like I keep talking to him about this, about the necessity, but he's also a very solitude kind of guy. Anyways, it's not about string, but do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, especially in the relationship, especially when we have the polarity, uh, maybe it is enough for for you, Chris, or for 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 him, or for any masculine men who enjoy being men to express completely themselves outside of the relationship, but in the relationship to hold that pole. I I don't know what what do you think about this? It, it, yeah, it's a it's another really good conversation. I'm sure we can have a, a whole podcast dedicated <laughs> yeah. to that, right? And. You know, it's it's interesting because every couple has a, a bit of a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. But I think really the most important thing is, is that if you're being your natural self and uh, male or female, whomever you are, you're being your natural self and enjoying what you enjoy and express that freely. And if the person loves you still unconditionally, then you're going to attract the right person into the relationship, right? So if somebody, so if there's a male out there that are super feminine, 
and they cry a lot and they express their emotions all the time. And a woman's in a relationship and that's just not attractive to them. And they're saying, stop, stop, stop. I don't think that man should redefine his own boundaries of how he sees himself and masculinity because somebody else says they should or shouldn't. I think that that he eventually should be his natural self and eventually he'll attract the right person mm-hmm. to himself. That can swap both for sexes, right? So the reason why you and String are together is because String is who he is and it's very attractive to you and, and vice versa. You are who you are and and both of you are well-rounded human beings and, and you guys came together because you had this, this similar dynamic. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm constantly thinking about this as well because my girlfriend, Marcelli, she's from Brazil. So not only do we have a different culture around manhood, but we also have different, uh, different um, language that's going back and forth between us that we're trying to communicate because they're very much more expressive in Brazilian Portuguese (laughs) than they are in American English. And so it's a constant growth and learning process. And if you can learn to respect each other and love each other through that process, then that's what's important because eventually someday string is going to lose his shit. But just as long as he doesn't lose his shit too often, it's okay. And I'm going to lose my shit. And every man's going to lose their shit eventually. But we need that dynamic there that a natural string and a natural Chris is going to attract the right person into our lives. And and I think that a natural Anna, the same thing, a natural Marcelli. And then we're going to come together because that's the right dynamic. Yeah, that's true. And I, I keep thinking about this, Chris, because I, I know, like, String always tells me, and we laugh about this, he says, uh, in a joking manner, do you, do you want to talk about feelings? Like, he, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I can't talk to him about this because he, so from one side, I'm like, oh, he he's rejecting his feelings and he probably needs to embrace them and show them and all of that. But at the same time, I know that, you know, he goes to CrossFit five times a day and he does his thing. And I know that he releases testosterone or whatever. And maybe that's enough for him. And I don't know if, but you're right. We attracted the exact each other's opposite in that sense. That's why polarity is at play. And I think, Chris, that majority of couples, heterosexual couples, but also also same-sex couples, the polarity is always at play. So you are going to attract your direct opposite pole in terms of feminine masculine polarity. Yeah, it's a fascinating subject to think about. But anyways, we're out of time, Chris. So my last question before I ask you about, real quick, about some of the people that you recommend and and books that you found transformational. Chris, what is your message to women listening today within the whole climate of everything that's going on? Do you have a message for women? (laughs) Yeah, and I I think it's for anybody really to, let's not get into a toxic conversation. Let's get into constructive conversations about men and women, and that's going to help heal all of us. That's going to help us understand what's happening in our own personal relationships, what's happening within ourselves. And so for anybody, understanding that dynamic is really important in life. But let's get into conversations that are constructive and and stay away from the destructive conversations. Mm, Great. Thanks, Chris. A great message for women. So now, uh, last thing is, who are some of the people and the books that you would like to recommend? Absolutely. Um, So Alison Armstrong, we talked about her. I love her. Um, And I think she's phenomenal on the insights and the difference between men and women. And I think both men and women can get a lot out of listening to her. There's also a great book, and I'll just 
spell out the last word of it, but it's how to manage your D-I-C-K. And it's a book about how men can manage their dick. And <laughs> they- <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> yes. And the title is great, but it really goes into some in-depth things that we don't even understand about ourselves as men. And I think wow. women could get a lot from that as well. Um, so I read that five or six years ago and, and I, I, it really opened my eyes to some things. And let's see. That's it off the top of my head. Yeah, that's that's enough. <laughs> I just Googled <laughs> how to manage your dick destructive, redirect sexual energy and discover your more spiritually enlightened, evolved self. This pretty much <laughs> sums up our conversation, Chris. So yeah. thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming to the show. And for everyone, I know you have an amazing podcast, by the way, uh, you know, The Business Method, where you've interviewed, oh my goodness, is it more than 400 entrepreneurs now? It's a good amount. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of amazing people. Yeah, awesome people. So for everyone who wants to get to know a little bit of Chris and connect with you, or maybe there's entrepreneur women in the audience, like where can they find more about your work and you? Thebusinessmethod.com. And you can check out our podcast on all apps or platforms. And if you like us, give us a little review. We appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. All right, Chris, thank you so much. And I can't wait to connect with you again in person and talk more about all this stuff. (laughs) Yeah, can't wait to see you again, too. All right, girlfriend, before I tell you how you can share this episode and charge your karmic energy and where to find all the show notes and links to what my guest has just mentioned... I really wanted to extend a personal invitation to you. If you have listened to this episode until the end and you are here with me today, and if you have been listening to episodes of Girl Skill, I know that you have a special connection to me and to the message that I'm bringing into the world about femininity and womanhood and feminine embodiment. And if you do, I have a very personal invitation for you. You know, I know you're here because you crave more. You crave more joy, more radiance, and more freedom. Therefore, you're listening to this podcast to really find what is that feminine path. You're a woman who wants to stand tall on her feet to go for what you want and create a life that would make you wake up with excitement every day. But you're not there yet. You're still looking for an answer, a doorway, and a path. And I've been there, and I know how it feels. That voice in your head that is doubting and questioning, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if he's not the one? That crazy loop, that same ceiling you keep hitting every time, whether it's a pattern of unworthy men, poor decisions, anxiety, or not feeling good enough. Well, the good news is that there is a way out, and I want to show it to you. It's actually a way in into a different kind of path, a different kind of journey, a feminine, powerful path that those women who live in alignment with their feelings and desire have discovered and will never go back to the old ways. The deep knowing and truth that each one of us has, but most of us don't know how to access, that reservoir of infinite wisdom, clarity, and confidence, that flow, ease, and lightness. Would you like to experience that? If yes, I've just opened up my calendar for a few extra one-on-one free discovery sessions this week, and I'd love to speak to you in person. If you've been reading my post, as I mentioned, listening to this podcast and have an urge to reach out and explore the possibility of coaching with me, this is your chance. So you could apply for your discovery call at girlskill.com slash apply, girlskill.com slash A-P-P-L-Y. 
what we're going to do on this call is actually, and it's free, you know, what we're going to talk to you about is your biggest challenge and what's stopping you from what you want. I'll share some insights with you from my perspective. And if you're open to it and I feel like you're a good fit, I'll tell you more about how we can work together. And before you go, well, before you listen to the show notes and links, I want to tell you that who is this for? This is for women who are in transition and looking for a different way to connect to yourself and your femininity on a deeper level. This is for women who feel that there is something missing despite the fact that they have a perfect life and the perfect perceived success, who want to attract the right partner or enrich your current relationship with a man and create a family, who are tired of doing it all and proving everything to everyone, and who are serious about their self-development and taking their life to the next level of pleasure, magnetism, and a different way of living as a woman, but very importantly, who are ready to invest in themselves financially and who want personalized help and guidance from me. You know, I think that life is too short to live in a female body and life is too short to live this way where we're tired, confused, we don't know what's stopping us. So if this is calling for you, you feel a... Mm, body, yes. If I would be you and you fit in any of this description, I'd jump on call ASAP, girlskill.com slash apply. And I hope to see you on the call. And I'm really here to help women and guide them through this dark, confusing terrain of femininity women who don't have to live in a world where you just let go and surrender and let things come to you, where you just stop pushing so hard and proving everything to everyone. That's not the way how it's supposed to work. So girlskill.com slash apply. And I'm curious, will this be you? Girlskill listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Chris Reynolds. And if you did, Please share this episode with women in your life who are like, oh my God, where are all the good men? Well, here you are. Chris is a great, great example. And I really appreciate how honest he was and how open and vulnerable. And we touched on some important subjects. So please charge your karmic energy, share it with a girlfriend. You can share this episode straight from your podcasting app or simply send her to girlskill.com slash 129. And this is where you'll also find all the show notes for this episode. And a quick reminder, go to girlskill.com slash webinar to sign up for my live female success free training where I share with you how to get from stuck, unfulfilled and drained and all this, you know, masculine energy. If you are a feminine essence woman, how to get out of it and what you need to do and what are the steps. All right. Uh, keep running with the wolf's girlfriend and I'll see you next week with another amazing man. Thank you for tuning in to Girl Skill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. Girlskill.com. Female success redefined. Редактор